It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Touchdown, Los Angeles. You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Rams Nation, welcome back. It's your boy Bear Motter of Rams Podcast, but this is Locked On Rams. It's the Wednesday edition of Locked On Rams. It's May 23rd. That's right. It's the Michael Jordan episode. Hey, what about LeBron James? Well, it could be the LeBron. And what about James? Okay. Speaking of James, Mr. Interrupter is here. Mr. James Kroger, the man, the myth, the legend from Rams Podcast. James, welcome, bud. How you doing? Thank you, sir. The Locked On Podcast studio is looking great, as always. I'm happy to be here. It was actually pretty easy for me getting over here today. I decided to take the 10 early on, which wasn't too bad, so... Uh, you know, I deal with the hell of traffic in L.A. these days, and, uh, you know, I, I had a good day getting over here. It wasn't nice. too bad getting over to K-Town. I think you got a future there, Mr. Traffic Man. Now checking in with James and the Chopper. <laughs> take Conditions the, are good. Conditions take, are take good. Take the 10, two exits up, get off at La Brea, and go. Or just use Waze, which I think I've used for about three hours today in my total commute time, coming to work and then coming to Los Angeles to the Lockdown Ram Studio. But right. hey, it worked. It did the trick. Well, we're glad to have you. We're glad to have you. If you guys can't find him on his uh, traffic cam, make sure to find him at jkroger3 on Twitter as well as Rams Podcast and Rams Podcast on Instagram. You can also mm-hmm. find me at LA underscore Rambling Bear. Shoot me an email at LockdownRams at gmail.com. Follow the show, same handle, Lockdown Rams on Twitter. Reach out to us, let us know what you think, what you want to hear about, anything, questions, comments, concerns, we'll hear them all. Uh, James, thanks for joining me. Thanks for sticking out that traffic to hang out with us and talk some Rams football. That's uh, right, and we're going to be doing a crossover episode for Rams Podcast, too, because, you know, we got into the studio, we're on day two of OTAs, we got a lot to talk about, and we just, we figured, let's not do two short episodes, you guys, Locked On, obviously, is a daily show, and then Rams Podcast, we try to do once a week, but let's combine the two, do a longer episode for these guys, and uh, yeah, let's... I love it, I love it. Um, so, yesterday we talked, uh, for the Locked On people, we talked about... Uh, Day one of OTAs. Mm-hmm. Here we are, day two. I didn't get to talk to you about it yesterday. I did a little solo episode, but I kind of want to pick your brain of what you saw yesterday at day one, any new news coming out from day two, and then we'll just kind of kick into like the excitement about all this and some of the players and some of the news and updates and things that we saw going on today. All right. So, yeah, dude, same as you. Yesterday I was following on social media about OTAs. It was super exciting to get back to OTAs. Day one, I listened to you locked on Rams yesterday. Oh, thanks, bud. While I was in traffic, while I was reporting to the cam. Yeah. I I listened in. It was a great episode. Uh, You had a lot of good updates in there, specifically the the press conference stuff, because, you know, those clips were just started getting me excited. I know, right? Anytime McVeigh could talk about the groceries he picked up at the store, (laughs) and I'd be like, oh, my gosh, I'm so excited for this. He's like, you know, and I just thought that the noodles were essential to uh, the spaghetti (laughs) uh, situation. And then, of course, I got the meat in there. Uh, but yeah, dude, it seems like everybody's getting along great, and the the chemistry in the in the locker room in the cafeteria, according to a couple of people, is all looking good. So cafeteria news. Cafeteria news. You uh, know, things it, are going good when you're eating. Everything's yeah, fine. Okay, so the food's good, or the the everyone hanging out is good in the in the I cafeteria. I don't think I don't think that it's like high school where there's like the popular crowd. Ah, uh, okay. And, and so everyone's and everybody's vibing. Jacked. And all right, everybody's I vibing. get you. I didn't know I was like 
like, wow, the food at the, it's got to be good. But you're, the, the vibe, everyone's Speaking vibing. Speaking of spaghetti, they serve spaghetti today. No one's eating in the bathroom stall by themselves, <laughs> is what you're telling me. So there's one loser in the corner. I won't name him until the end of the show. But uh, yeah, somebody's not having uh, any friends. But yeah, so it's funny because today we're going into day two. There's really not too many updates coming around. Yeah. It's like... Day one was flooded with news. Day one was flooded. Everybody's super excited. Day two comes around. It's like, well, you know, same as yesterday, but... Talking about what's on my mind, Bear, around OTAs and what's going on with these guys, a few things that I'm really thinking about. <clears throat> and one of those is our, our linebacker situation. Right. Uh, what's happening? Who's going to be playing next to Mark Barron? That, that's something that I'm going to have my eyes on for the next uh, couple weeks. Our running back situation, you know, we got John Kelly, the stoner. We'll, oh, we'll get into that man, in a okay. minute. We'll get into that in a minute. You know, and the Malcolm Brown, uh, you know, talks there as well. Um, the QB situation, because yeah, we have Jared Goff, but Sean Mannion. I didn't know we had a QB situation. Sean Mannion's, he may be in trouble for a position. Okay. So we got that new quarterback with, you know, I want to see what's going on there with the OTAs. And then Jared Goff is adjusting to some new offensive coaches. Yeah. And, you know, speaking of Jared Goff, we saw some clips today of him and Cooper Cup hooking up and then, uh, you know, Brandon Cooks and what's been going on there. So, we got some stories to tell from OCAs on what they've been doing, and I'm really excited to see what these guys are doing with the offense. You know, we saw that a couple of our cornerbacks came out and said that this offense is amazing and a complex, so um, yeah. it's super complex exciting. Complex and dynamic, I think, were some of the words that were used, and, and you couldn't have picked any better ones. I mean, Sean McVay and the way that he can create space for people and opportunities mm-hmm. where guys either seem to find themselves wide open or I still go back to this play. It was one of my favorite plays of last year. And then we put Robert Woods in motion from the right side. And he came halfway around like he was almost going to get a reverse. And then put his foot in the ground, reverse pivot, went outside. And Goff just threw him a little mm. little toss pass. And he ended up, it was like an 18-yard touchdown pass that he did. And those type of plays that he can create are so exciting. And adding you know, guys like Cooks that can really, you know, has that speed and also is a great route runner. I think we were talking off air before we started and about how you had seen that they were putting Cooks and Cup out on the outside together and kind of going one, two, putting Cup in the slot. And just when you're matching up against those guys, what he can do as far as route running and, and you know, having them kind of rub off of each other and yeah. creating a mismatch problem for the defender on like who we going to get as they're kind of just flying around is going to be so fun to watch this year. Dude, totally. And that that was the thing we were talking about earlier. It's like we were seeing these two line up together on the same side of the ball and just crisscrossing and doing these funky routes. And I'm just thinking one cup is going to have an exponential year this year compared to what he did last year. I'm so jacked to see what Cooper Cup's going to bring to the table. So MJ Black, if you're listening, I want to reconsider that Cub jersey. Oh, we're going back um, and forth um, on you know, going back and forth on I the jersey. I think we did win the vote situation. Okay. And yeah. there, you were the only one, and he agreed, but you were the only one who uh, wanted him to mix it up. So that, and then, you know, Cooks, what he's going to bring to the table, because we've been seeing the highlights of just him and Goff connecting on the super long passes, and it's just making me so excited to, to see this team. Not only that, from what I hear, Jared Goff has been organizing get-togethers in the offseason, something that he actually didn't do last year at all. And um, you can see that it's pretty obvious between him and the chemistry and his receivers, uh, you know, that they're taking advantage of something that they didn't get to do last year, like I just said. And this is translating, obviously, into OTAs altogether. And it's, it's great to see the chemistry with everybody. Yeah, you nailed it. And it was crazy because it came from Cooper Cup. And I think also Brandon Cooks talked about 
the natural leader that he saw in Jared Goff. And it's those things that you hear that get you really excited, right? Because we saw the offense take that big step forward with Sean McVay as far as production goes. And there's still questions around the league, right? Not here in Rams Nation. I think everyone's finally getting behind Jared Goff and believing in that quarterback in QB1, not, not having to worry about anybody else that we got our franchise. The biggest thing I think people are worried about is how are we going to make all this money work in the coming years, but that's handled, right? Yeah. Um, that's out of our hands, and, and the guys that are getting paid, the other big bucks are making those decisions. But what we're seeing now is now you're seeing players say that he's a natural-born leader, and he's, he's creating these um, off-season throwing sessions, which not only uh-huh. is great as far as leadership goes, but as far as getting to know Brandon Cooks and how he goes in and out, and Cooper Cup, and talking about the development of him from year one to two, and you know, hopefully fixing those sticky fingers that, that, <laughs> that uh, showed up a couple times. Or not wash the hands, get yeah, the butter off. Yeah, not, not so sticky fingers. And um, but th- those are the exciting things that you hear from Goff's development because we see it on the field. But what we don't see is behind the locker room. And I mean, as as goofy as it sounds, that Dre Folge thing that he did, or whatever his name was, where he did the behind the scenes kind of prank joke yeah. on Ventura College is like. You get to see his personality. He, he started. He, to, he started to really. Yeah, yeah, he was totally. a little stiff earlier. Now he's loosey goosey, baby. Yeah, loosey goosey. Loosey goosey, and he's warming up to things, and he's starting to be more approachable, not only to the fan base but to his teammates, and kind of showing that more natural side to him. And I think that is going to be a huge part of of his development this year. The Suns rise in Orlando, but their playoff hopes set in the West. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. Despite finishing a perfect 8-0 in the NBA bubble, the Phoenix Suns are leaving without a playoff berth. Check out Locked On Suns today for a postmortem on an amazing run by Devin Booker and company. That's all thanks to tiebreakers and a Karis LeVert jumper that rimmed out, giving the Portland Trail Blazers a win and a meeting with the Memphis Grizzlies in a play-in series for the Western Conference 8th seed. That begins on Saturday. Beginning today, all of the Locked On NBA playoff teams will be previewing the playoffs with special crossover shows. Scout your team and your opponent on the Locked On Podcast Network. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Locked On Fantasy Football with your Locked On Fantasy Football Edge of the Day. Tight end is a prime position for finding fantasy football sleeper value in 2020. After George Kittle and Travis Kelsey go off the board early, don't worry. You can wait and still get some great return for a starter at the position. The two prime targets both have HH for initials, the Chargers Hunter Henry and the Falcons Hayden Hurst. A healthy Henry can have a monster downfield receiving season for new QB Tyrod Taylor and carries high TD upside. As for Hurst, he's stepping right into the productive spot vacated by Austin Hooper in Atlanta as key support to Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and Calvin Ridley. Trust in Henry a little earlier and Hurst a little later to give you some pleasing tight end one results. Get the edge in your fantasy football league every day by listening to Locked On Fantasy Football on your preferred podcast provider. Speaking of the OTA session yesterday and the uh, media pressures afterwards, that's exactly what was asked uh, about Goff and about what's the difference between uh, this year and last year. And he said he's just getting way more comfortable in this 
ever-changing, ever-evolving offense. And you can totally tell, even by the way he's talking to the media, he just seems so much more comfortable back there. He's way more calm and collected. And, um, you know, he's, he's bringing the intelligence factor into this situation. And, you know, this offense is going to evolve with him and, him and McVay's solid relationship. And, gosh, you know, I'm so excited to see what they're going to do this yeah, year. Yeah, and it feels like you're starting to pick up, even a little bit near the end of the year last year, is that Goff was really – just vibing off McVay. He was kind of understanding yes. where McVay wanted to go before McVay had to really tell him, right? And he, you know, they talked in, I think, one of even the mic'd up sessions about how he was working on doing the audibles and things like that. And McVay said, I don't even have to tell him sometimes that he already knows where I want to go. And that development, and too, him. is, is going to yeah. be exciting to see as he starts to control the, the offense more on the field, right? You got McVay in your ear, you got him coaching you and telling you which which way to go and, and things like that, how to read the defense. But as he takes ownership, and I'm not like saying he's Peyton Manning, but understand that that's what I'm going for is like that understanding of the offense and that comfortableness in it and having, yes, he's had some new offensive coaches, but having the main guy, Sean McVay, who's running the offense there with him and developing year over year is really where that value for Jared Goff is just so you know, over the moon high. So really excited about that. We just went crazy on the offense. You got one more thing. What do you got? On top of that, the tools that we gave him this year and Cooks and these receivers, dude, I'm just, I think Cup's going to have a blowout year. And yeah, I'm, I'm excited for this. You keep saying that, and I think we all agree with you, but I want to throw it, and I know we talked about this a couple episodes ago, but real quick, your prediction is Cup's going to have a bigger year than Robert Woods replacing into that number two spot? Well, are we talking receiving yards? Oh, here we go. The guy that lost in the like... bet on a detail, he's trying now. He's going, well, before I sign up for this, yeah. what exactly are you making me sign? Yeah, I lost a bet recently, and I'm not prepared to uh, Make put those, my name yeah. on the line here. Yeah. I don't know. I was just going overall, so catch his yards. Sure. Keep it simple. I don't see why not. Okay. I don't see why not. Fair enough. So another thing about the OTAs is uh, Mr. LaMarcus Joyner. Yeah. I've seen footage of what's going on, and he's basically stamping and justifying his uh, franchise tag right Yeah, now. he's stamping and justifying why we need to sign him long-term is really what he's doing. Hey, so he's jumping routes, um, you know, in an offense that our cornerbacks are talking about are really complex and impressive. LaMarcus Joyner is ahead of the game, and he knows what's going on, and he's a smart player, and he's just making it happen. So he is just tossing down and, and proving the, the value of, of making him a franchise player. So Yeah, definitely. He's now in year two of Wade Phillips, obviously bringing in some new guys. He's going to be kind of one of those guys that, you know, Talib has been in the system before, but he's one of those people that people can look to as far as, you know, that – Leadership role in the secondary is being like, oh, this is where you move this guy here, shift him here, kind of being that secondary coach, as well as being a playmaker. You know, mm -hmm. we saw it, you talked about it today in, in OTA's day two. He went out, and I think uh, Miles Simmons talked about how he made two different plays. Uh, one was a deep pass up, another one he cut a route and knocked it down. And that's that type of stuff, is everyone talks about the cornerbacks as, you know, locking down that outside, but over the top is going to be huge for us, too. He's not only the the safety valve back there and kind of helping over the top, but he's going to have to cover a lot of that stuff over the middle. So uh, a huge asset that is weirdly underlooked, maybe not here in LA, but around the rest of the country, I think he's underlooked as far as what he's going to bring to this, this 
defense, and hopefully we can keep him healthy. Obviously, he missed a couple games last year, but he stays healthy. He's going to be a huge key to this defense. And, dude, think about Aaron Donald and Sue and, and Brockers, these guys attacking the quarterbacks in the offensive line. It's only going to create additional opportunities for somebody like Joyner and his position to get more interceptions and make big things happen because these quarterbacks are going to be taken off guard. They're going to be running out of place. Think of somebody like Russell Wilson running all over the field. I don't think Russell Wilson's going to get very much running time at all this year against uh, these Rams and this defense. But, you know, these quarterbacks are being put in a timely situation where they have to be, they have to make plays happen faster or they have to scramble and run around with this defense that they're facing. So that's just going to give Joyner so many more opportunities. And don't forget about John Johnson III, another guy that's on his coming, three. Yeah, coming into his second year, uh, not only in this defense, but in the league. And, and I think he's another guy that is a playmaker that's going to fit into that back end of the defense to really lock down our secondary. Super stoked about it. And it's funny, usually you get to pick one side. Either you're super stoked about the offense and can't believe it, and, yeah. and then, or you're super stoked about the defense. And here we are, we just kind of went off for you know 10 minutes on the offense of how excited we are, and then flipped the ball, flipped the script, and we can go for just another 10 minutes talking about the defense. So this team, as we were watching highlights today before we turned this mic on, uh, we were just getting jacked watching OTAs. And I was saying yesterday, it's just so funny to think, here we are in OTAs, over the moon about the excitement, right? We got to go out and deliver, which is the next big thing because we're putting a lot of expectations on this team. But man, on paper, just their attitude. One of the things I really loved from the Sean McVay um, press conference yesterday that I didn't share was they asked him right off the gate, what did you think about today? And he said, yeah, you know, it's day one. We're going to make some mistakes. And But one thing that he really loved was the effort. He's like, our guys are out there competing. They're flying around. One thing we want them to do is stay off the ground. They did a great job of that. But Overall, the effort and excitement level of even the players on day one matches us. I mean, they're just on fire about this team. Mm -hmm. I think everyone is buying further, further, further into the we, not me that Sean McVay's doing. And uh, I can't believe when I was in Vegas, I didn't put down a Rams to win the Super Bowl. It was 8-1. to one. It was, of the year. It was 8-1. to one. I really wanted to put down 100 bucks or more. I wanted a $1,000 payout. I've and seen I'll, you take worse bets. Yeah, and I was like, I want to come back. I'm going to put that bet down. And I left Vegas. I was driving home, and I was like two hours outside, and I was like, no! <laughs> Turn around! Yeah, I forgot my bet. Hey, so. I have a feeling you may be back before football season starts. So that, I can you agree can to get that. Get that bet in. We've been stroking the, the Eagles, Rams fans, you know, for about 15 minutes yeah. now. And, you know, not all is well. Okay, Rams let's burp, back Time it up. Time to get beep, negative. Beep, 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 beep. So, few situations. One of them I mentioned earlier on in the show, and you talked about the other one yesterday on Locked On Rams, but Obizi with the foot injury is yeah. going to be out until training camp. I know he'll be back at training camp, but at the same time, it just kind of sucks when you're drafted by the Rams that you're going to miss these opportunities for OTAs, be able to connect with this team. Everything's going to good in the cafeteria. Yeah. yeah. You know, I don't want you to yeah. be walking in on a crutch, yeah. ruining the cafeteria vibe. Yeah, and everyone's like, who's the new kid? Yeah, who's seats, the dork? Seats taken. <laughs> Let's give a swirly. So, Obizi's got the injury situation, and like I mentioned earlier in the show about our 
overall general running back situation because, yes, Todd Gurley is the man, and Sean McVay already mentioned that. He's not going to come out unless he's exhausted this year. He made that mistake a few times last year, yeah. and he always came out and apologized and told us that he knew he shouldn't have taken Gurley out. We know the potential NFL MVP should not be coming out of the games this year, even though we have a dope offense. But, you know, there is a backup running back situation, specifically a third down spot available that, you know, John Kelly was one of the guys we were really excited for in the draft. Yeah. And he actually just pleaded guilty for a misdemeanor marijuana charge on Tuesday. Um, apparently, if he stays out of trouble for a year and does 24 hours of community service, oh, it sounds pretty rough, um, and pays the court cost. The charges will get dismissed. But is this concerning to you? you know, two, probably two of our top three or four draft picks in our mind now set back with a few speed bumps. Specifically, John Kelly's in legal trouble. Is it trouble? Is it concerning? What's yeah, up? not concerning. I'd say no deal here because, honestly, I could guarantee the Rams knew about this. I can guarantee almost mm. every NFL team knew about it. Maybe that's why he dropped to the round that he did. I think we got him in the sixth mm. round. Um, that might have gone into why he slipped a little bit, but I'm sure they have vetted that that concern enough to where that they felt good about it. And misdemeanor uh, marijuana charge, what does that mean? What does it mean? You maybe had a joint. Who hasn't pocket? gotten yeah, one, huh? Yeah, come on. Yeah. Welcome to California. Not <laughs> where a problem. Where it's now legal. Yeah. Uh, so not a big concern. I think, uh, you know, if John Kelly was found pulling his girlfriend down the stairs by her hair, hey. big concern. Mm -hmm. uh, misdemeanor, marijuana charge, not a big concern for me. Uh, I hope that he can get this sorted out, and I hope over the next year he's in well, you know, does really, really well with his behavior, so we don't have any issues like that. Come but to I, California and SoCal, but don't smoke weed. Yeah, but I, I don't see John Kelly not being on the roster when we start the season and going through there and being a good third down back. Like you said, obviously Malcolm Brown there, is there as well, still competing for that position and has, you know, a little bit of a leg up from being in, in the league and also being in the system for a couple of years, so... Uh, but I expect big things from John Kelly. I'm really excited about what he can bring and, and how he can catch the ball out of the backfield. So a little bit negative news, but I think he's fine because obviously it basically said, you know, it was a slap on the wrist and said, don't get in trouble again. And yeah. so he's not, he's not going to be limited in practice or anything. So I think we should be good. Uh-huh. So the reason, you know, another part of the reason that I, that I bring this up, you just mentioned John Kelly being explosive out of the backfield and probably a better receiver than Mr. Malcolm Brown. Uh, Malcolm Brown, you know, when Todd Gurley really did get his rest, uh, did better than his 3.9 yards per carry. Uh, he did average 2.3 in week one, so his predictions were a little bit low, but he improved upon that. And, you know, 3.9 yards per carry can get the job done. You run him twice uh, and, you know, get close to a, a first down opportunity. But I don't know if he's somebody that's like, you know, we're going to have him as the third string on fantasy or anything like that. There's right, not, really nothing right. to brag about with Brown. So, um, you know, do you think – who do you kind of think has the edge here between Kelly and, and, and Brown for that number two spot? Uh, I think it's up in there, really. I mean, obviously, I don't think it could be given to anybody at this point because, you know, what, John Kelly's got uh, two practices under his belt. <laughs> so I think it's still up for grabs, but I think that's why they brought him in. Uh, just like as you were talking about the QB situation with Mannion – Bring in somebody, whether you know they're at elite level or not. We may end up bringing somebody else, and you know by the time camp comes. But uh, I think you got to bring in those guys to push whoever's in front of you. So Malcolm Brown, there's no free ride to the second string. We're going to bring in this guy who's got some skill, and you're going to fight for that position. I think internally, my mind says, yeah, I think it's got to be John Kelly. Just looking at his 
the unique skills that he has as far as catching the ball out of the backfield and, you know, that wiggle that they talk about and, you know, kind of being that one-two punch with Kamara uh, mm-hmm. only a year ago in, in college. And now all of a sudden, you know, we saw what Kamara did and I know they're two different people and it's going to create two different results. But I think that he has a similar, you know, skill set with some power, you know, attached with it. So I'm excited about what he can do. The thing is he's going to have limited chance to really make it happen mcveigh said that we're not going to take out Gurley. Gurley's going to have to be dead tired to be coming out yeah which i think we're all okay with as long as we keep him healthy um and then at that point i think uh whoever takes advantage of that that limited opportunity whether it's you know five ten reps or whatever it ends up being uh those guys really have to take opportunity to really take that lead but John Kelly, in my heart, is where I want it to go just because I've seen Malcolm Brown, and, and no offense to Malcolm Brown, he, he did great when he was in there. He's a little banged up at points. Uh, he always had great average yard per carry. Um, you know, he seemed to find the hole. A couple years ago when we couldn't get anything going, seems like Brown was, you know, finding some room to get some stuff going. So, um, you know, it's a toss-up for me, but I, I would, I'd pull for John Kelly if I had to make okay. a pick today. So let's flip it back over to the defense. We talked about the linebacker situation, who could potentially be uh, lining up with Barron. And speaking of guys in the draft, you know, mentioning our top two, three players, I want to talk about Micah Kaiser because, dude, this guy is crazy smart. And on top of his accolades on the field, he was going for multiple bachelor degrees at the same time and very much excelled academically. you know, as well as, as on the football field. So you, you mentioned it earlier on on Locked On Rams how much of our guys had pretty solid academic careers in college as well. But this, for me, adds so much to the offense when not only you have the physical aspect of, of this guy as a threat, but you think about the intelligence of somebody who's been in the league for 43 years like Wade Phillips coaching somebody like this who has the passion and the, the smarts to be able to pull off, you know, a complex defense. So, um, you know, linebacker situation, how do you feel about Kaiser? No, you nailed it because um, you talk about Wade Phillips uh, attached with a guy like this, a guy that has, you know, high IQ, uh, not only just off the field, but on the field as well as, as mm-hmm. far as football IQ. They, you know, you heard him rave about what he did. He's a tackle monster. He's one of those leaders on the field. And now in OTAs and maybe and maybe when training camp comes around, we don't know really the status of Mark Barron at this point. They're holding him out during OTAs, which is going to get a lot more reps for guys like Kaiser. And as I mentioned yesterday, Scales, one of those other guys, linebacker position that we're kind of excited about. Um, so he's got to take advantage of that. He's got to really dive in and, and, and be that guy that asks a lot of questions. I think that sounds from what has come out of camp so far, that that's the type of guy he is. So mm-hmm. I'm hoping that, you know, he gets a, a really crash course on this defense, gets those extra opportunities from Mark Barron not being in a helmet right now, and, you know, gives him an opportunity to really grow into the season and get and get some playing time. Obviously, we saw uh, the likes of, of Corey Littleton last year and Ebelcombe, and as they found a role in the time that they had, they really produced. I think that's what Kaiser's going to have to do is he's not going to, you know, potentially get this starting role. Maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong, and he could get one. But uh, he's going to have to take advantage of the opportunity when he's given it. And I think the great thing about him is he's in the right system with Wade Phillips and coming from a great background and how he really plays football and and plays the game on and off the field. 
it's it could be a great match for him as far as opportunity. And to be honest with you, I really think that Kaiser's in a position to steal uh, this additional inside linebacker yeah. position from Corey Littleton. Because Corey Littleton, you know, he, he got some play towards the end of the season and everybody thought he did a great job. But looking at the resumes here, everybody's kind of assuming that Kaiser's going to be able to, to dominate uh, in that role. So Littleton, I don't know, really know what's going to go well, on with that. It just goes back to what we were talking about earlier. Just getting into camp, you look at our defense and you're like, oh, we got studs everywhere and AD here and Sue and the outside's locked down. And we talk about those spots that are up for grabs, that competition at every position, and you want people pushing those guys. And I think that's a, a prime example of, you know, nothing's really promised in the linebacking role, and they say it's our weakest spot. But it may be, end up being one of our most solidified spots because as people are really competing for this and putting their maximum effort, we're going to find somebody that fits so perfect into that mm -hmm. spot. The guy behind them is going to be right there as well. So we're going to have so much depth at that role as so many people are fighting for that spot. So I see it as, you know, and this is my, uh, you know, silver lining is the, the weakness in the defense. <laughs> actually, bear. Yeah, actually might be the strength as these guys are competing for that role, um, you know, can really build up and, and build off of Mark Barron and go from there. But uh, excited about all these guys because I think Littleton's another guy that I'm, I'm actually really excited about as he continues to grow as well. Right, and you mentioned you know that we're going to be making this the decision overall, but I think it's uh, Mr. Legend Wade Phillips who, by the way, I know we've talked about his Twitter account before on the shows. Yeah, this guy's epic. hilarious, dude. Epic. He's 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 I'm, I'm retweeting him. He's just all yeah. over the Twitter. Not only is he in the middle of OTAs, but he's got time to hook it up on the social media and entertain us all. So if you guys don't follow at Son of Bum, it's definitely worth it. I doubt that any of our listeners are, are not following him, but uh, I mean, this guy lives lives like he's 20 years younger than he is. Bear, speaking of social media, let's jump around the NFL a bit. I saw recently that the Battle for LA situation with the Chargers, uh, we have Mr. Hunter Henry with an ACL injury as Ooh. of today. That's, so, that's crazy, too, because they just released Gates and basically said, go play elsewhere if you want to continue your, your career. So that's a big loss for the Chargers. And you're right. You're, it's funny because you saw it on social media and you liked it, didn't you? <laughs> I just sure did. You did like it. Not a retweet, but a like. <laughs> <laughs> just enough to be like, that sucks. Like? The, I like that situation because... I wonder, uh, or do you think they're going to pick up the phone and, and, and be like, hey, Mr. Antonio Gates, uh, you know that whole not resigning? coming yeah, back? We kidding. You know, it didn't work out with the other guy. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, um, speaking of not working out, let's talk some NFC West news. Shanahan says Reuben Foster uh, had a situation in court where the... That's a mess, dude. Yeah, yeah. so she came out and said basically that she was making it up. Which is crazy. Um, the thing is, he already had a kind of a sketchy pass coming into this. And then, you know, she kind of even went on to say, I was trying to ruin him. Well, you did a pretty, pretty good job. <laughs> and we all kind of gave them a lot of crap for holding on to him and not immediate releasing him. So they're probably looking a little bit more smart at this point. Obviously, yeah. I think there's still some credibility issues there. But overall, Niners kind of won that one in a sense. But crazy story in general like just came out and was like nah i'm kidding i was just trying to ruin his career yeah and coach shanahan is behind him basically saying that uh we're gonna wait and continue to be patient with it until we get a few more answers but um you know the decision is yet to come and you know yeah turns out okay for them but 49ers man 
you know, talking about the NFC West situation, they're uh, they're looking better and better. Well, and they, you know, we're talking about earlier uh, off air about what is Richard Sherman going to be like coming off that Achilles injury yeah. and being into a whole new system and. That's going to be interesting to see that defense kind of play out, depending on how those two guys end up performing. That changes it totally. So continuing news around the NFL, uh, not big news, but uh, Christian Hackenberg was traded from the Jets, second-round pick, uh, former Penn State guy. And guess where he went, James? I don't know, Bear. I don't, I've, I don't know. I'm not familiar with Hackenberg. Yeah, <laughs> yeah not many people are. But uh, I think he got zero snaps so far as the NFL starting quarterback. Oh, so good stats. Um, he went to the Raiders. Talk about we brought him up earlier in the show, John Gruden. Oh, and who Monday we'll Night see. Football. Yeah, okay. so I doubt we're going to see Hackenberg. And I, I mean, if we are, we're going to have a really good game. Um, but just thought that was interesting because he was kind of at one point highly touted coming out of college and uh, yet to come there. Uh, Moving on, Aaron Rodgers talked about Des Bryant signing with the Packers, and Ooh, okay. it was a little awkward. He basically said, um, I don't get why we would cut Jordy Nelson and then go sign De Des Bryant, but if we end up signing him, I guess I can get behind it in a sense. And it was just like, yeah, he's not really opening little... that door smoothly. He's like, you got rid of Jordy and you yeah, want to like, sign Des? Are you kidding me? Yeah, he's like, don't dare. Don't dare. I don't see that happening. If it does, man... Good luck, Rogers. <laughs> Listen, bro, that crap doesn't fly around here. I'm the I'm the uh, the belt king. Well, he's got a relationship with Nelson, and you know he's got history there, so you know kind of makes sense. And he plus remember earlier in the season he was a little bit mad that he wasn't getting included in some of these executive decisions. Maybe this is his way of adding a little bit yeah. of uh, his two cents into the equation. For sure, for sure. And then the Super Bowl champion, the Eagles released Michael Kendricks. Uh, he was on 60% of their defensive snaps last year as a linebacker. Mm. Obviously, the depth in their defense is full of talent, so they don't have to worry too much about that. But an interesting cut at this point going into, into camp. Yeah, and so the Eagles are actually going to get about $4.4 million in cap space due to that. So I uh, think they got some incentive there. But, yeah, yeah. kind of interesting cut. All right, we'll round it up with a tweet that I saw that you put out there from Rams Podcast about the new rules that were officially, I know there was rules talked about at some of the meetings a couple weeks ago or months ago or whatever that was, but now they're official, correct? What do you got? Right, so the spring league meetings, it's official that there's going to be new kickoff rules and there's also going to be new helmet rules enforced. So uh, speaking of my tweet, talking about the kickoff rules, a uh, uh, few things I want to talk to you about here because... This is, I'm still kind of letting the, the gears grind in my head and figure this all out. So number two, actually, the wedge block has been eliminated. Okay. Uh, okay. Number Surprised one. Surprised it was still allowed. Yeah. Basically, <laughs> at this point. Um, number one, players on the kicking team cannot line up more than one yard from the point of kickoff. The previous rule allowed players to line up five yards from the restraining line, the 35-yard line typically, allowing them to have more of a running start before the kick. So yeah. no running starts. Yeah. That's cool. I mean, okay. Not we, a big deal. Are we, this is, is this like Less a safety off, thing in yeah, the NFL? Yeah, what is that really going to do? Well, he had four more steps previous in to the In the NFL, this. running starts a big deal. I guess. I mean, some of these guys. Do you think that as soon as he kicks it, they still don't have 10 yards before their first person that they meet? So, I mean, it, it changes barely nothing. All right, and I think some of these rules are going to make the uh, onside kick a little bit more tough. So, okay. number three, until the ball is touched or hits the ground, no player on the receiving team may cross the restraining line, which typically the four five or initiate a block oh that you're right they're gonna have to wait for the ball to come over you're gonna see right. probably some 
flags on that from guys trying to go attack the ball like they used to. Yeah, so this basically makes blockers on the receiving team run back and a block which decreases the chance of an attack block that can result with a high-speed collision. So again, kind of a safety issue there. Wow. And then the last one, when the ball hits the end zone, it's immediately ruled a touchback. There's no need for a player to down the ball in the end zone to initiate a touchback. All right, fair That's, enough. They're just, yeah, they're just Yeah, they're just killing the play back there. You know so, what? The crazy thing is, soon, there's going to be no kickoff. So this is almost <laughs> pointless at this point. It's interesting to hear about it, and I wonder how many more years. I'm, I'm pro-kickoff, obviously. I want to see that play. That's amazing to see 105 yards, break tackles, whatever. But I understand the safety concerns behind it. But it's not going to be long, especially if these rules continue to go. It's still going to be an issue, a topic mm -hmm. that they're talking about. And one of the years, someone's going to come up with a point, and they're going to prove it and no more kickoff, which is unfortunate. Awesome, awesome stuff, James. Well, hey, man, I appreciate you coming in the studio today, recording with me live in person. Uh, great time. We got to cover a lot of great stuff today. Rams Nation, don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, whatever it may be, jkroger3, LA underscore Rambling Bear, Lockdown Rams, and Rams Podcast. Mm -hmm. This is the crossover edition in full effect. So with nothing else to say tonight, you know what it is. Until next time, Rams Nation, peace. Hey, Locked On listeners. You already love our network of NFL shows, so why go anywhere else for the fantasy football information you need to know for the 2020 season? You just need to check out Locked On Fantasy Football, hosted by me, Vinny Iyer. We're counting down to the season by breaking down players and teams every day. It's no-nonsense, straight-to-the-point, smart fantasy football analysis that has only two goals in mind helping you dominate your drafts and win your league championship. That's Locked On Fantasy Football, only on the Locked On Network.